0: The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane!
1: Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind.
0: I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing.
1: Excelsior!
2: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for, and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly.
3: Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting.
1: Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? (laughs) Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks?
3: Two out of three, baby.
1: The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. check out the dorkening podcast network
2: my mom says i'm cool
1: available on itunes spotify thedorkening.com and wherever fine podcasts can be found hey hey happy tuesday everybody you're watching splash pages powered by the Dorkin
2: podcast network we got a killer show for you today and as always velvet
0: joker how's it going bud it's going great glad to be here we've got an awesome guest tonight It's Tuesday night. Let's do this. Tuesday, Tuesday, today. Drew,
5: how's it going? Rich, you're too loud. Calm down. I mean, (laughs) I'm excited to be here too, but Jesus, buddy. I mean, hi, everyone. We've got a great guest. He's very enthusiastic. He's got a nice hat.
2: Would you like to introduce our guest, Drew?
5: Oh, um, yes. Our guest has been reportedly has more number one issues uh, involving Spider-Man and things than any other artist. I'm sure that might be true. Um, he is a DC artist. He is a uh, DC writer-artist, same with Marvel. He's working on some great creator-owned stuff. And uh, yeah, everyone, Joe St. Pierre.
4: Hello. Hey. Nice to be on the show. Have I ever been on the show before? I have, Hi. right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well uh, on one of the other shows I've done, uh, we've had you on a uh, couple times before.
4: Um, I know before you yeah. became a multimedia mogul, I think we met at a convention, right? It was like a yeah. super mega fest or something yeah. like that, yeah. or Terrificon. Uh and We yeah, did something like on on the uh, on the floor of the show, I think, right? Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. replay that now. All right. Let's. Okay. See. <laughs> <laughs> From the archives, some. the door yeah. cards. Yeah,
2: archives. Ah, <laughs> uh, So, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Moon Knight, but before that, we definitely want to talk about you, Joe, uh, and, uh, and your career, and uh, also, you know, what's going on with comics. Uh, so,
0: uh, where should we start, gentlemen? <laughs> Drew, you want to set this off? I'm having some technical di- difficulties over here.
5: I mean, I'll try. Um, so... Our guest, for people who don't know him, if you were reading comics in the 90s, you most certainly saw his style. Uh, Very frequently featured on a lot of Spider-Man related things. Spider-Man, Venom, uh, hit some roles in the Clone Saga. Um, And then, of course, because Marvel just wasn't enough, he also did some stuff with DC, you know, some Aquaman, some Batman, I'm sure Maybe Superman or Flash was thrown in there. In the 90s, it was kind of the wild, wild west. You took what you could get, and you enjoyed every moment of it. But mm-hmm. recently, he's done a lot of creator-owned comics. He's got a lot of good work uh, with uh, a lot of Kickstarter things. I believe his most recent work, sold out of its first printing, is currently working on its second printing as we speak. That would be Zodiac with an X. Am I, I'm horrible at names, so um but yes so our guest has been very busy very all the time so all the yes. time
4: yes well said nice. couldn't have said any better you're welcome yeah, the, the series is called new zodiacs with an x you know because it's clever it's supposed to be clever so no it's about n- 12 n- to remember x is on them yeah sure sure and x is there's a long tradition of x's in <laughs> comics right absolutely
0: Joe, what, what made you or what got you fired up about this new series that you're working on?
4: Well, it's not so much old as, uh, it's not so much new as um, I'm kind of relaunching it. Um, okay. In 2015, I did a four-issue mini miniseries um, called The New Zodiacs, and um, it highlighted the first four of 12 characters who can channel the cosmic energies of the Zodiac so we did four issues and we did two printings of a trade paperback and those are all sold out i think i have like five uh trades left um they'll probably sell at the next show i do which is next weekend um at retro expo so um officially they're they're kind of sold out so when you sell out of a series i want to keep it in print so, I'm like, rather than go back to a third printing of a trade, is there a way that we can kind of repackage this kind of the way that um, The Flash and Green Lantern were repackaged and relaunched, you mm-hmm. know, from the Golden Age to the Silver Age? And I came up mm-hmm. with the idea of, so let's do a 12 issue maxi series where each one of the characters who represents the 12 signs of the zodiac um, gets their own book. So um, it's going to be 48 page, full color, cardstock cover, you know, uh, prestige format kind of thing. And I'm uh, going to relaunch that. The first issue is called uh, New Zodiacs Aquarius. That comes out in July. Uh, I'm going to do a Kickstarter for it. Hopefully, that'll launch within the next week or two. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a little hiatus in between because I was doing a young readers graphic novel series. With uh, Fabian Cousteau, who's the grandson of Jacques Cousteau, so I I, I got offered a gig um, with Simon and Schuster to do this all ages thing, and I've always been uh, an advocate for comics, the comic book form as a way to help young kids read. I mean, I learned how to read through comics, so um, I did the four, mm-hmm. We did a four issue, or four volume deal with uh, with the Fabian Cousteau expeditions. The fourth volume just came out on the fifteenth of March, so it's like two weeks ago. Um, it's called the it's called, <laughs> it's called Hawaii Sea Turtle Rescue, okay. and uh, that just came out. Like I said, two weeks. That's fresh on the, on the stands or online or at on Amazon or wherever you buy books nowadays. And so now it's like, okay, that's done. Let's come back to my passion, which is superhero stuff, which is a uh, which is cyberpunk, horror, giant monsters. Uh, they're all thrown into no, new Zodiacs. So let's get back, let's roll it.
0: So, uh, cool
4: so I'm like, okay, cool. So we sold out, you know, we sold out of these, this, the uh, trades and the first issue of the mini series. So let's like, let's just pretend that we're just rolling it out again. But, you know, uh, there's, Even if I sold a million of these books, which I did not, there's still 349 million people in the U.S. who haven't read it, right? So I'm like, okay, so let's just roll this stuff out. It's really strong. I'm still passionate about it. Um, To this day, um, the characters are like banging on the inside of my head every time I wake up. When are you going to relaunch? Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm listening. I'm listening, folks. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so look for the uh, Kickstarter. I submitted the um, the video in the campaign. I submitted it uh, yesterday to Kickstarter. So, hopefully, that'll get approved quickly. And then I'm just going to pop. I'm just gonna, let's go. Let's do this. All okay. Right. I'm very psyched about it. And thank you, Leo. It looked like you had done a screen grab of the um, Astronaut Inc. site uh, on the homepage. And that, yeah, that yeah. was the two, those are the two covers that will be available on the Kickstarter. Thanks.
0: And Joe, that, that'll be announced on like Instagram and Facebook, wherever people follow you.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Cross your fingers. Can you do that for me? Joker, can you do
0: that? He's an artist and a marketer.
4: Yes. You got to do everything. And, you know, I wanted this to go uh, first week in March, but... You've got to be a video person now you've got to be a, a mar- like you said a marketing genius you've got to do mm-hmm. the social media you've got to do the graphics you know so it was uh, it, it was a lot of work it took me a lot longer than I thought it would you know um, so yeah that's the, those are the, um, the, four, f- the first four characters who were launched in the miniseries and they're each going to get their own 48 page graphic novel. Wow.
0: Right. And how much research did you end up doing into each occult symbol before you wrote the characters?
4: It's ongoing process. So let's just say decades. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I love it. Let's just keep it simple. It's just uh-huh. constant process. You know, it's like I'm fascinated by the history of the signs. Um, forget about what I'm doing, you know, my characters, but just the zodiac signs themselves have a history and depending on the culture that we're referring to depends on the mm-hmm. signs. Like there's a Celtic culture that saw the same stars, the same, and created all trees. Like there's a 12, there are 12 signs in the Celtic mythology. They're all trees. Mm-hmm. So um, of course we know the Chinese Zodiac and stuff, the monkey and the dragon and and stuff like that. So I'm going to uh, hopefully, uh, By osmosis, I'm going to introduce all of that kind of thing um, in the series as well. Cross your fingers.
0: Sounds great. I can do this. I can do
4: this. Yeah, you
0: can. I think I can. I think I
4: can. That is the new Sagittarius, um, the one that you're showing right now, the new Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a fire sign, so I kind of plugged in my giant monster uh, character who's kind of like a volcano monster. Um, she sacrifices her life for her city, um, and becomes transforms her in it, herself in an ancient ritual into this giant volcano kaiju creature. So um, that was a lot of fun. But the one that's coming out uh, and the Kickstarter, and that will be released in July, um, is the new Aquarius. Is he nearby? He's on the top on the header. You can see him in the header.
3: Uh, yeah so, uh, no,
2: that's gonna go to uh...
4: there we go right there that's probably the best the best image we can show. So he's the Robin Hood of cyberspace. He's a hacker um, kind of lives in a dystopian you know like um, Flint Michigan Times 10 kind of society. Um, he's fed up. He's a, a genius hacker a nobody by day but a genius hacker uh, data thief by night. And uh, he steals something that makes him the most wanted man in the world. That's the basic premise of the new Aquarius. Another thing that I'm doing besides just appreciating the history of the signs is I'm reinventing them for a modern era. You know, when people originally designed the Zodiac, they would go outside their huts and they'd see a bull, they'd see a ram, they'd see a guy with a bow and arrow, you know, hunting Nowadays, we don't see, well, at least I don't. i got to speak for myself. I don't see a ram when I go outside my apartment building. I don't usually see a bull. So I'm reinventing the signs from a modern era. The Aquarius sign was the water bearer, and water is life. And nowadays, information is life. What you know or don't know could determine your lifespan, right? So um, the new Aquarius is the info information bearer and um that's the Aquari- that's uh, the aquarius character
2: very cool so so uh what can people buy right now before the kickstarter like if they want to get like hyped you up.
4: zodiac stuff or yeah. i mean the like i said the uh, the Cousteau series uh, the fourth volume just came out uh two weeks ago so you can buy that either from me or from anybody pretty much but what uh, what well, well, were you talking about uh, um Zodiacs?
2: yeah i, I know I, I uh bought some zodiac stuff from you uh at the con uh, mm-hmm. are you currently selling any or are you waiting until the the kickstarter comes out to uh re-release everything
4: well the new the new um series the relaunch series won't be out until july but i do have some back issues of the uh the single issues And I've got special collectible uh, issues that there were only like 200 printed. So I have a few of those back issues. I usually bring those to shows depending on what kind of space I'm given. And like I said, I think I have like five or six of the trades left. And they'll probably sell at the next show. Very
2: cool. And uh, again, what's the next show you're going to be at?
4: Retro Expo this weekend. Very cool. And uh, where's that? Let's go to retroexpo.com. <laughs> I think it's along uh, the South Shore in Mass, Massachusetts. Where are you guys located? Leo, you're in Connecticut, right?
0: Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm in I'm in Mass, but I don't particularly know that one.
2: Okay. okay. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, that's Dallas. Oh, I'm I'm I'm
4: in Westchester,
5: New York. So Oh wow.
4: Oh cool. Okay.
5: So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm me and Rich are the odd man. Leo is Connecticut, Rich is
0: you know traveling the circus and me I'm just lost in Westchester. <laughs> and Joe, where do you, where do you dwell now?
4: I'm just outside Salem in Danvers, Massachusetts. Oh nice. okay. Oh, so you're a local man. Not too not too bad, not too far.
0: Now is that where you grew up, Joe?
4: It is not. I grew up in uh, upstate New York. Okay. Um, Further oh up the state in Westchester. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh,
2: <laughs> Could it could it be uh, Tiverton, Rhode Island? Uh,
3: yeah, uh, retro. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, very April, possible. April second, Long Plex Family and Sports Center in Tiverton, Rhode Island.
4: I should be writing that down. <laughs> usually case. it's like the night before you know when i'm packing i'm like okay plug in what do i plug into the gps so mm-hmm. I, need, I should be more together but i remember the name of the show that's something there you go i get points for that right you do you do <laughs> Absolutely.
0: listen you're a busy so, guy can't keep track of everything <laughs> kind of let so much crap that's going. True. so I, I joe
5: i have to ask so I admittedly um, know you best from um, Spider-Man 2099. I know you did four issues of that Mm -hmm. uh, during its first run in the 90s with Peter David. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I I reread them just before and I was like, wow, this is like I've always been a fan of that. But, you know, I was just rereading those four and you had a lot that you were doing in those four issues i mean you introduce nightshade you introduce flip side the evil 2099 what mm-hmm. was it like working on you know what is considered one of the great alternate spider-man who's now going to get a shot in into the spider-verse sequel
4: yeah he might be bigger now than he has been in the, like the last 20 years right something like mm-hmm. that um what was it like? Well, I actually did six issues. I did two fill-ins before. Oh, right, uh,
5: yeah. Before there was a lot I was, of during the series, I forgot. You're right, and I did
4: those before I was even given the series to to mm-hmm. replace Rick Leonardi. Um, and those two stories are actually my favorites. But um, I was since I was a kid, um, it's been my uh, sacred mission in life to draw Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So mm. when, when I got the gig on Spidey 29, 2099, I was drawing Miguel O'Hara as Peter Parker. I was drawing Peter Parker and mm. I was drawing Spider-Man 2099 as how I would draw Spider-Man at the time, mm-hmm. you know, with the McFarlane webbing and stuff like that. Right. And now as I draw him, now I get a lot of requests for, you know, sketches and commissions and stuff. Um, I, I appreciate the, the um, He can be a little darker of a character. Mm-hmm. And so he can be a little creepier than Peter Parker's Spider Man can, and maybe even a little horrific. So I <laughs> try to go in that direction when I draw him now. But back then, I was just like, you know, diamond focus, draw Spider Man, right. not 2099, not clones, Spider Man, yeah. Sp- you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: right, right, right.
4: That's where I was. Okay. But that was fun. It was a good time. It was a very good time. And yeah, I think Marvel has reprinted everything I've done for them in the last couple of years now. That's pretty well, crazy.
5: Well, nostalgia is on the rise. So, you know, why, why yeah. look forward when
0: you can just look back? <laughs> um,
5: you know, just
4: soak in the juices of your youth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some great I, stories and some great art. So it's hard to not want it.
4: It was fun. It's a good time. Can't complain.
0: Kept the lights on, right?
4: Yes. Yep.
2: Uh, and uh, looks like a bunch of them are available on uh, Marvel Unlimited. So yes,
4: indeed. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that how you guys read comics nowadays?
2: Uh, there's a bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription. Uh, the DC crap universe one uh and
4: oh the crap universe of course yeah uh, yeah uh, no i i i I love crap with corn is so so much
2: well you know (laughs) I, i i i because kevin smith hyped it up so much i uh i spent a lot of money on dc universe i got i paid like a year up front and uh you know for like the first like five months it didn't work on my tv it was uh yeah, yeah, it was a pain in the ass. But uh yeah, now uh it was DC Universe and then they merged it with something else. Um this is it DC Ultimate Universe? Um but it's, it's, just, it's uh, HBO Max, Leo. Yeah, now it's HBO Max, yeah. You
4: yeah, can it's... read comics on HBO Max.
2: No, they split up the uh the video uh and it's now actually a section in um uh HBO Max. So DC Universe, it was supposed to be like everything DC. So it was supposed to be all the comics and all the uh, shows and movies mm-hmm. and, and cartoons, everything. Oh, yeah. Cartoon. Uh, yeah. But it turned out to be like a 10th of all that. Uh, they slowly, cool. yeah, they slowly added more. Uh, I think uh, right now they have like 20,000 comics. Um, and then That's all the, all, all the not shows. a lot
4: when you think of like 80 year history, yeah. <laughs> DC yeah. comics. Right.
2: <laughs> well they, they want you to buy, you know, the digital versions, you know. So uh um but now also if you go to HBO Max, there's a DC hub where you go to that and it has a bunch of shows and, and movies as well, which is pretty cool.
4: That's very
2: cool. Yeah, and then uh um comixology was another really good one, but it uh, got bought out by Amazon. Um and the user interface got all fucked up.
4: Yeah, I'm having trouble with them myself because uh, I had a so, bunch of my books on comicsology, and you know, we don't want to talk about. Let's talk about Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something so, else. <laughs> so, um,
5: I know the Moon Knight series is coming out, and um, I had reviewed some of this when I did an article for Screen Rant. I, uh, Joe, I do freelance work for Screen Rant in their comics department. So, oh, cool. so like like you i get paid to to do things that i enjoy so you know not great but hey you know gotta gotta make some bills um and since this is the since we're gonna have moon night soon this is the first series that this was his first series back in the 80s that um i figured it was a nice intro to the character you know you get a nice idea of, of how fucking dark this character is and where wow. it would just go batshit from there um personally i can't wait for this series because i think it's such a wild card but it could be really great Mm -hmm. um i think marvel always does better when it takes chances on characters you don't know versus always your popular ones i mean don't get me wrong anything spider-man does is going to make millions but you know let's give the all-white uh superhero who everybody assumes is marvel's batman a shot Mm -hmm. and
2: Wait, wait! he's not Batman?
5: He's not. Surprisingly, despite uh, everything about him that screamed Bruce Wayne, he is not. He's just a fucking psychopath. Yeah. So...
2: So in your research, uh, what, what's the, what are some of the differences that we may see between this and the, uh, the show that starts uh,
5: tomorrow? Well, the thing being is that's important. And I feel like suddenly I've now become the, dor- the dorkening historian here. Well, kids, back in the day, um, originally Moon Knight started off as a mercenary, uh, as we know, Mark Spencer, uh, Spencer. Mark Spector, who we meet here, uh, originally started off as a mercenary who was hired by someone who we, a group of people called The Committee, who we saw in issue three, uh, who hired him to take out uh, Jack Russell, a.k.a. Werewolf by Night. Um, And in that premise, he was just a hired goon who was given the costume, the gear, and paid $10,000. Because, you know, back in the 70s, $10,000 is a lot of money. Now, that's like, you know, a year of rent. Yeah,
4: That's my um, my car rental. <laughs> there
5: you go. Exactly. See, so, you know, so he gets it. Wait,
4: uh, what, a year of rent?
5: I don't know, man. It's the point being is $10,000 <laughs> was a lot in 1970s versus now. Yeah. That's like, oh, that's cute. You have $10,000. That's great.
4: Yeah. Can we back <laughs> up a little bit? Because you guys look very young. Who was alive when these comics were coming out? Who was buying them oh. off the
5: racks? Oh. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be that guy.
4: Okay. <laughs> okay.
5: That would be the, that would be yeah, you too,
0: Joker.
4: So weren't those awesome days? Did you buy Werewolf by 9.32? I don't
0: Bell's recall that Joker. particular issue. Okay.
3: I that, remember.
4: it's the best issue of the entire series. I remember it like it was yesterday. So yeah. I was like, "This is awesome," and and he had a. He had a boba fett quality he was like this man of mystery you didn't know who he was they didn't show mark specter's face you know uh-huh. distance, that kind of thing he was he was like a bounty hunter you know let's bring in let's bring in this guy to hunt down the werewolf and he had all his his trappings the crescent darts
1: uh-huh. uh, the truncheon. You- and they were all
4: silver so, you know, silver bullets versus werewolves, right? So silver crescent darts, silver truncheon. Uh-huh. And he had these weird knuckles in the, in the issue. Um, so uh-huh. this guy was a badass. This guy's a total badass from the get-go. Yeah,
0: and the attraction at the time with the uh, werewolf by night, and the uh, universal monsters, that was all hot back then, all at the same period.
4: Yep, they had a monster, you know, the kind of sub Can you hear Here's that? I'm having
0: hear. trouble hearing them.
4: Uh, yeah, I can hear them.
5: Yeah, we're I'm getting
3: uh,
2: crackling. Drew, do you want to pop out and pop back in? Drew, do you want to pop out and pop back in?
5: Yeah, I'm going to do that. One second. Keep okay. talking.
2: so so werewolf finite uh that was the origin issue of moon knight Mm -hmm. um and it seems like you you know like like uh that was the way to introduce a new character you know just uh actually drew's popping here,
5: and i'm back that was a wonderful story (laughs) oh the silver knuckles
4: yes whole silver knuckles yeah well And
5: Joe really uh, succinctly kind of nailed the appeal. The point being is that Moon Knight in the beginning was was just a hired thug. He was given the costume and he even thought his name Moon Knight was ridiculous. He even made fun of himself. And despite the fact that Jack Russell is, you know, a a savage animal capable of killing people, he he whooped his ass and he he Mm -hmm. chained him up. But then when he found out, hi, this isn't just a monster, this is a guy who's clearly struggling with this, this alter ego, um, he, he, he pulls a, a gangster move. He double crosses the committee. He frees that Russell <laughs> and they literally beat the committee to death. Like they're actually killing people. Um, yes. And that was the last we saw of moon Knight. And he was such a popular character that Marvel kept using him on little appearances. And then eventually he got so successful that they allowed this series, which was the original writer, Doug Moenk, I think his name is, um, he came back. And then you have Bill Sankowitz, who's always great, great artist, um, to bring it back. And in this one, they basically redo his entire origin, but they do it in such a way that they still incorporated, uh, as Joe pointed out, the Werewolf by Night, issue 32, which is, of course, now that Moon Knight's coming out, that has skyrocketed in price. As any first appearance does. Um, personally, I love seeing this because I'm always a fan of when comics show horror. Um, I I think it's just I mean I know that comics supposed to be for kids, but I think it's impressive when you see some horror elements in here, and Moon Knight does not disappoint. So.
0: I've always been fascinated with the multiple personalities. And at some point they were writing it as it was a put on and then it just became multiple personalities. Um, But it just seemed insane. And that he also, while being insane, still had this cadre of people that would help him out. Well, that's the the impressive thing is
5: that at one point is that they didn't really allude to it. It was just these were just aliases he used to collect information, kind of like how Batman would slip into Matches Malone. Exactly. You know his gangster identity, so he could yes. walk amongst the criminal underworld. Yes,
4: um,
5: you know that that that's basically what it was. You know, you had Mark Spector, who he was in the beginning. You had Stephen Grant, you had Jake Loxley, the the streetwise cabbie. You know, mm-hmm. and then you had Moon Knight, and they were just aliases. Which mm-hmm. I found the 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 cab one is a little ridiculous because you only see him picking up certain people every so often so I was like there's no way you're gonna keep this job you're clearly not making any money <laughs> like that to me was I was like I'm sorry I've worked as a delivery driver like come on
2: well he, he bought his own badge right
4: you can yeah. do that well Listen, that's, man, that's, the man, that's the rich, thing is okay Lock, lockley's lockley's function is match is like matches Malone he lockley's function is to get street level intel. So he's not uh-huh. in the business of making a living as a cab driver. He's in the business of collecting intelligence. And so yeah. the cab driver, the cab driver is an identity. and he uh-huh. there are there are issues where um, that we read for this show where he's actually driving people around where he's actually right. got somebody in his cab and he's collecting a fare. But I don't think Lockley, Was ever uh, supposed to be making a living (laughs) as a a hack, and I think I think Lockley also kind of uh, I think Lockley also kind of um, curdles the milk when you talk about. uh, dissociative, you know, multiple identity disorder. Because mm-hmm. who would want to become a, a, a cab driver in the nineteen eighties?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a
4: cure It's a curious. It's a curious choice. You know, uh, especially with these five issues. You know, it seems clear that, to me at least, that uh, Mark Spector is 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 off but he's not he doesn't have multiple personality disorder or whatever the t- the term is mm-hmm. he's he you know he he's kind of on the edge you know what mm-hmm. i mean he he could go the, he could go that way in the wrong circumstances but he's essentially trying to make up for his past as a mercenary that's how i yeah. kind of read him and also, um, we we skipped something which I feel is really necessary, uh, because um, he had a backup series in the Hulk magazine in the later seventies. Oh, that's right. Really those are my favorite. Those are my favorite Moon Knight stories of all time. So we have to, we have to at least recognize what I think is the peak of Moon Knight, which is a Hulk backup story. Um, there's oh, wow. a story. Um, uh, featuring a character called the hatchet man where he wore this kind of Halloween mask, kind of like the Joker Um, had a white face with a green fright wig kind of thing. And he was a serial killer who killed nurses in central park. It's the (laughs) fucking best fucking moon night story ever, ever made, Oh wow, ever made. So um, God, I got to give props to that. And that's Doug Mensch writing and Bill Sienkiewicz Mm -hmm. doing the art and Klaus Janssen inking. So, which for me is the best Moon Knight team, I think. If it's not Sinkevich at his peak, penciling and at his peak, penciling and inking his own stuff, that's probably the peak um, Moon Knight art. If if you can't have that, then it's Sinkevich with Jansen inks, or that's the stuff. That's the stuff, in my opinion. And and this the character's been relaunched. How many times do you have a record? Uh, do you have a record of that, Drew? The poor guy's been canceled and oh re- my ban- god, um,
5: he's got at least I think he's on seven now times <laughs> yeah, he's been relaunched
4: times. and and each time
5: he just gets darker and darker. Like he's yeah. literally considered one of the most violent and unpredictable characters in in marvel's history i mean this guy is literally unhinged (laughs) and it's just so funny because like you're you're seeing this and you're thinking wow this guy's a team player like you know he he works with his his team he juggles a girlfriend and a french sidekick who's essentially his alfred um you know it, it it's crazy and then you you see that and i i think only marlene is still a part of his world probably like some estranged and his personalities. I mean, we're going to see a lot of that, that modern day stuff with the personalities. I know one of them is a Warren Ellis creation. That's the moon Knight. That's well-dressed
4: with with the the mask on. I
5: know that's, I don't remember the name of it, but I know that's one of his personalities. I know you're going to have the dual, um, accent so you're gonna isaac speaking himself and he's got the, the british accent going um it's gonna be a really wild ride i think it's gonna be real trippy
2: so um, um just a heads and, up uh it looks like he's been relaunched 10 times okay i was like 10, ten was... times oh, wow uh, yeah they uh yeah, in 2021 volume <laughs> uh volume nine was released in 2021 they and, actually uh,
4: have vo- they keep track of the volumes, really. Yep. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. yeah they have to. They and gotta uh, keep record.
2: In April hmm. 2022, we're getting uh, Moon Knight Black, White, and Blood.
5: Well, yeah, because right now they're doing a lot of those, like uh, those three color series are really a big hit. You know, um, you know, Deadpool Red, White, and Blood, and and Blood, you know, that kind of thing. It's a real big thing. So that doesn't surprise me. They're jumping on that bandwagon, and yeah, Joe. They have to keep notes so that when they finally do, like, oh, Moon Knight's two hundredth issue, <laughs> you know, everything. Somebody
4: somewhere is in an office somewhere keeping tabs. On oh yeah. That. So okay, yeah. that's good.
5: So, yeah, but um, also, I'd like to point out I, this, this is something I notice in older comics. There's that habit of constantly narrating what's happening, and I and I feel it's something you don't really see a lot now because mm-hmm. a lot of you know you have the, the speech bubbles and whatnot you know but a lot of the times you get that real sense that the writer is literally the narrator telling you what's going to happen um which if done incorrectly you can see is kind of unnecessary because it's like okay but i'm watching it happen why yet? but doug is just so good at it. it 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 in certain scenes especially the more horrific ones it adds to the tension i mean for me my favorite was the last issue you had this 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 gruesomely beautiful horror haunted house that if you think about it moon knight is really just a supporting character in it he's just kind of coming late to the game and that ending was just i was like wow what a i was like Mm "Whoo!" call me a fan this is great
3: so
4: yeah um reading these again i mean it must be the you know, the 25th time. I don't know, I had a a new appreciation. Just kind of saw things that I probably hadn't seen before. Um, You know, I guess that happens anytime you watch something or read something repeatedly, you start catching things. So the way way I caught this was the first issue was a Mark Spector story, right? It was basically the origin of Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. how he became Moon Knight, what his background Mm -hmm. was. And the second story was a Jake Lockley story. It was uh, his, uh, Jake Lockley. Each, car- each personality has its own supporting cast, right? And right. That's, that's fucking everything in a good, what marks a great comic book is the supporting cast. You know, why is Spider-Man right. such a great series that connects after 60 years? Because he's got a friggin' awesome robes gallery and an awesome supporting cast of characters. And if you don't have that, chances are pretty good you got a shitty book, you got a shitty series, okay? So here's Moon Knight uh, mm-hmm. with a supporting cast for, like, all his all his personalities, right? So, so uh, issue one is uh, Mark Spector's story. Issue right. two is a Jake Lockley story. Issue mm-hmm. three is a mix, but mostly is Stephen Grant. It's, you know, right. the Midnight Man is an upper-class, you know, art thief right so it's mostly the upper class so he's a Stephen Grant story right uh, the fourth story is kind of like uh, back to Mark Spector the origins of Moon Knight and the fifth one is just freaking house of mystery right just like you were talking about uh, Moon Knight is just a figure that intera- you know he, ta- he doesn't he's not a crucial integral part of the story the story happens and, and he happens to be witnessing it right
5: yeah and and something that's great is that you you really can appreciate how great of a storyteller doug is because everything that you see like it's a story told i wouldn't say out of sequence but it's definitely jumps you get a great idea how everybody got there so you really get this idea that you understand the beginning and the middle and the end so when you get to the ending which is just so shocking you know you're like wow like you don't be like oh how did they get there what how did this you you literally watched everything progress. I mean, personally, my favorite moment in it, or at least one of my favorites, was when the kids thought Moon Knight was the ghost. Yeah. And he's just sit yeah. sitting up there. He got the cloak going, and I'm like, dude, you know, <laughs> like your dry cleaning bills must be crazy because you're rocking an all white costume. But man, you look badass. <laughs> like, like I was just like,
4: wow, that's a great design. But And Sienkiewicz kind of changed the costume um, mm-hmm. so that he originally had these kind of, I don't know, it's like a sh- capelet, like a short cape that was connected to his wrists. And Sienkiewicz kind of gave him a more of a Batman length clo- cloak cape. And mm-hmm. he introduced the crescent shape in the cape. Like I actually pulled some images. I don't know if I can. Can I share them? Is that possible? Sure. Yeah um share screen uh, how do I can you help me find um if uh, I, yeah. do I do share screen or do uh, I do, do you have
2: notes? do you have uh two screens or just one
4: I have a screen that shows all four of you guys on it okay No, I mean your
2: computer do you have two monitors or one
4: I have one monitor okay. wow you got uh, two monitors hot shot I. I believe
2: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Let's see. You might be able to do slides. Slides? Uh, you have no slides. Um, or if you want to send me the image on
5: like Facebook, yeah, that, he can. Then he can show them up. Okay. Yeah.
4: yeah. Okay. Let's. Well, let me hold on one second. I maybe, I may I can, maybe I can. Maybe I can pull it up. Stumbled on something here. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Okay. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Well, I got in the folder, but the, none of the, uh, I can't grab any of the files in the folder. Can I sit, let me try to send them to you. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> um, let's see. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to attach. Mk. Oh, I can do it. I can do that. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to. I'm going to see if we can send this to you.
2: Are you doing it through email or Facebook? Email. OK. I'll. Uh, I'll Is that OK?
4: You. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I got too many images, I guess. OK, so I'm going to send okay. you like four at a time. Let's see. OK, let's see, Leo. And then I'm going to attach.
0: through while they're working on that, will you be watching Moon Knight at 3 in the morning this morning or not till tomorrow? Later. Please. I value
5: my sleep so much more than the hot Marvel goss. Gotcha. Like, my dude, listen, if I've learned anything, if it's good, I will enjoy it myself. And speaking of good, to Leo and Rich, I finally saw the Batman. Oh, yes. How was it? Oh, my God, that was great. <laughs> First thing... Anybody who complains about the wait time, y'all yeah. need to chill. Cuz we <laughs> talked about this. Endgame is almost 3 hours. Nobody said anything. No way from home, almost 3 hours nobody said anything. The 3 hours for me flew by. Yep. Mm, you know. Great. And yes. and honestly, it was just such a relief to see a detective Batman, yeah. you know, using the brain, figuring the clues. You know, yeah, he's a rook. So he still didn't. Um, I mean, God, it, it, just, it, it was just so well choreographed, acted, shot. I still can't believe that that's Colin Farrell as, as, as um, the Penguin. That makeup is just stupendous. Um, everybody was wonderful. Like, I, I really can't wait for another one because I was like, yes, I'm, I'm down with this Batman. Like, I'm down. Let's get more. Like, let's if that's what DC wants to do with their movies, you know, faith behind their creators, I'm all for it. Please, so anyone who hasn't seen it, whether it's our guest or anyone, guys, do yourself a favor, make up your own mind, see it.
4: Oh, definitely on the agenda, and uh, that's what I've heard that it, that gets me uh, psyched the most is that he's a detective in this one. And that was the thing that would make me kicking cans coming out of all the other movies, is that it was like, he's basically a punk. He's a thug or a ninja, you know, or just a badass, you know, physical fighter. But Batman is the world's greatest detective. Yeah. And uh,
2: this movie is a lot more realistic than where Nolan was going. You know, wow. like, like you can believe that there could be a batman watching this you know and wow. it has uh i don't know drew if you got this uh i i know it felt like a very liber mijo uh type
5: of you know? yeah it, it's very stylistic it's very the 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 uses of the shadows are really good i mean joe listen the way this batman appears out of nowhere is just straight out of the oh comments. yeah like,
3: oh sweet oh and he just <laughs> it's
5: just nothing and then he just comes in and <laughs> he's just swinging that big utility belt energy, like you know, cool. like and um and then one thing that's nice, I will say this, just this is my last point because I definitely want to get to to the back to Moon Knight is I was kind of glad that there wasn't too much humor because again I love a good joke and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything like like I mean, there's no Batman Robin puns. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> But it's just nice to see, you know, it, it was some chuckles here or there, but you're not there. Batman is not funny. He's Batman, yep. you yep. know? Um, but everyone was great. Paul Dano is the Riddler. Just oh, He I owns know. it. He does great. Um, so honestly, does it
4: feel like, I, I mean, there's a lot of the same characters that were in some of the past movies. Does it feel like an original story?
2: Yeah, Yeah. well, it's it's definitely uh, takes a lot from uh, like a long Halloween story. Uh, Matter of fact, there's a line that is literally taken from long Halloween. Oh, Uh, yeah. Uh, But it's it's definitely it's a year two Batman. Uh, He's keeping a journal of his exploits. Um, Yeah, it's just friggin phenomenal. And as (laughs) Paul Dano as Riddler is actually. great genius uh drew did you watch the deleted scene without spoiling yeah
5: i'm, I'm kind of glad that it stayed the way it did because with all due respect to our fellow clown
0: um <laughs> i'm aware of it but i haven't seen it
5: well uh, it, it's just well as
0: it, much as the joker is
5: still the batman nemesis it's kind of like guys there are other great stories that could just minimally involve the joker you know But again, I think it's all about just having faith in a director's vision and just be like, okay, so it's three hours long. Watch it and see for yourself. And I know people who loved it. I know people who loved it, but had some legitimate gripes. And then I know some people who hated it. It was like, congratulations, you saw a movie.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Like
2: Colin,
5: Uh,
2: Colin Farrell as a penguin is insane. And he's getting his own series out of it, too.
5: He is. And it's yeah, sad because they originally that. were going to do a series that, to me, felt like Gotham Central. And I I loved Gotham Central. I mean, Greg Rucca killed it with that series back in the, I think that was early 2000s, might have been late 90s. He owned that series. And they were going to do something similar to that. But because it was from the perspective of a crooked cop, which I'm like, it's Gotham. He's Of course, he's crooked. They were the they they are like no we can't do that we can't we can't our character can't be a bad guy I'm like have you have you watched movies
4: we, <laughs> the Godfather is 50 years old the greatest yeah movie exactly of I was like Scarface yeah. literally waiting for the bad guy like
5: you know but they nixed that and I was like oh man it's gonna mm. be great mm. um, but I did hear about the, the the Penguin series which is I think supposed to happen as a prequel. So hmm. that should be dope. I They were talking about an Arkham series mm-hmm. um, and doing that like it's a haunted house, which I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Arkham Asylum it, but not completely Arkham. Um, but in the end, point being is, honestly, that was one of the best Batman movies I think I've seen, in my opinion, since Dark Knight. That's how good that was to me. So honestly, Joe, like, I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you're as as a fan as I I feel you are, I think you're really going to like
0: what you see.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm quite a bit behind on my uh, comic media consumption we just saw the eternals last night so oh, <laughs> i got some catching up to do. You,
5: you listen you're so much you're further than me i i still haven't <laughs> even seen black widow so i get it
4: oh, okay yeah yeah well, so you know
5: you're, you're good not
4: Missing anything yeah just well, move on the, the good thing <laughs> is
2: batman uh comes out on hbo in like three weeks
4: oh cool yeah oh, that's
5: good because i saw know. a super bootleg so it's nice to see one where people aren't Standing up in the middle of a scene. (laughs) Uh, That that to me was like, oh, that's that, and that shadow. That's not part of the
4: movie, Drew, (laughs) where just people show up and start (laughs) cheering. Drew, um,
5: that's how you saw it. (laughs) I I cannot confirm or deny that. Wait, I just said it out loud. (laughs) Leap. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah, I definitely, you know, as soon as it comes out, uh, Joe, I, I'd urge you to check it out. It's, it's freaking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I'm just going to say this this one thing, and we'll move back to Moon Knight. Uh, and as Drew said, you know, how he appears, like, out of the darkness. Uh, but the thing is, his the fear, you know, like, you can feel everybody's fear when the bat is up there. Uh, but, like, you know, you hear him coming, which is totally odd. Mm. You hear him his boots clomping before you even see him there, there's a <laughs> scene where it's a hallway just with darkness and all you hear is these, these thuds of his boots mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see his face and then well like the the you know uh, just just part of his cowl and it's just <gasps> yeah then he beats ass yeah you know, it's pretty dope yeah
4: and I'm sure you can hear him because he wants you to hear him right that's yeah. the idea oh, oh yeah
2: Well, I took it, you know, uh, yeah, definitely that he wants you to hear him, but, uh, you know, it's also early in his career, you know, so Mm -hmm. Uh uh, he's definitely going for fear, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, he, he's definitely, uh, not hiding as much, you know, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. if you're
5: looking, uh, and and if you're a fan of just seeing Batman wail on people, (laughs) oh, he goes in, oh, he goes in, (laughs) he just
0: wails.
4: I actually Goddamn. I'm the guy it, that wants it, to see him scrape the bottom of somebody's shoe and say this is magnesium uh-huh. hydrochloride and that's only available on this in this part of the city. That's what okay. that's what I'm, I'm begging to see that. A guy who's, you know, who's educated.
5: There there is some really great moment. I mean again, Matt Reeves is a great director. Uh-huh. Um, but he did a great job with this. Like honestly, cool. like like steel approval four crowbars go for it we'll we'll we'll, we'll watch again
2: all right totally. cool. uh so i'm going to reshare the screen and uh, joe why, uh, why don't you talk about these uh, these images that you sent over
4: well it's cool that we're talking about batman is one of the, the batman is such a great character again for so many reasons but um and so many people get different like him for different reasons and one of the reasons why i friggin love batman is because in the comics you would always see, you know, when he's, when he's running or when he's in action or whatever, you, could, you would always see the shadow of the bat. Gra- it's graphic on the wall, right? So it's a, mm. it's a comic book trope. It's not something that may, you know, if you took a photo of Batman standing near a wall, you know, monster lit, you might not see a bat shape. But one of the great things that makes comics the best medium ever is that you can you can stylize reality at the same time. So it's like, okay, here's here's Batman and he's in action, he's in a pose, and behind him, cast on the wall, is the shadow of a, of a bat, right? The graphic, the graphic shape. And so I was looking uh, when I was coming back to Moon Knight, I was appreciating what Sienkiewicz did with um, with Moon Knight's costume. Let me see if I can find the folder so I can tell you what. Image that I kind of pulled. Let's see. Oh, it's uh, it's an image called First Crescent Graphic. Leo? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah. So, I I I don't know the. I was just working in a Preview. I, I don't know the. I have a new computer. I'm not familiar with a lot of this stuff. So, mm-hmm. if you can look at, you know, there's three panels in the top half, where that cloak becomes the moon right it's a there's one uh in the top left where he's kind of grabbing the edges so he's gliding and the uh, mm-hmm. you know a cloak would probably never take that shape but who gives a shit it's comics right right and then the one the image below that where he's in shadow now it's black it's black crescent in shadow and then the one next to that is a de- is, you know overhead shot looking down at him he's just standing him. there but that's isn't that great it's yeah. great. Okay. Simple redesign and simple. Now you've got something that's distinctive. That's that's the thing about Batman. The shadow of Batman on the wall is something that you can only do with Batman, mm-hmm. right? You can't. Can you do Superman? Uh, can you do Green Lantern? A shadow of Green Lantern on the wall. What does that look like? A, a lantern. You know what I mean? It's the the graphic language of Batman is unique to Batman and so here Sienkiewicz brought that to Moon Knight where mm. you know Moon Knight is literally shaped like a moon so when he's right. in, in in the sky you he may be disguised you may mistake you know he has his suit is probably reflective or glowing or something you may even mistake the guy for uh the moon if you're looking wrong or if you're not paying attention right so that mm-hmm. that graphic is unique to Moon Knight And uh, that's the kind of stuff that I appreciate about what brought, what Sienkiewicz brought to the series as, as opposed to the other artists that worked on it before. Um, And then the other stuff that I did, let's see. Uh, That's just cool drawings. (laughs) Uh, I just appreciate Sienkiewicz. I mean, he's like, The story that I I worked with Jim Shooter uh, for a brief time when I was at Valiant, and the story that I remember, which could be wrong, um, I could be misremembering, but the story that I remember Jim telling me was that he wanted a Batman for the Marvel Universe, and so they plugged, they they plugged or they targeted Moon Knight to be the Batman and, and um, one day Bill Sienkiewicz walked into the Marvel offices and Jim saw his work and was so impressed by it that he was like, we don't, he, he was kind of thinking to himself, we don't have a job. We don't have an opening right now, but I can't let this guy leave my office. So <clears throat> he gave him a gig. I think he wrote him a story on the spot or gave him something. I forget what it was, a Kazar story or I forget. I forget the actual story that he gave Sienkiewicz, but he was like, "I'm not letting this guy leave my office without a gig." So, um, so Sinkevich was like nineteen or twenty, I think, when he first started. So, what we're seeing here in the early Moon Knight stuff is a young guy just learning, learning his a young artist learning how to kick ass, and he's already great coming out of the gate. You know, this is impressive stuff. Um, from, a, from a art, you know from a, 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 an art fan, you know, I, I think this stuff is great. And, um, and then a comics are story and art together. You can't just you can't have a good comic book with just art with just good art. You can't do it.. Yeah. So um, I think Drew mentioned Mench's uh, writing. I think Mench's writing is, is fucking great. Um, I think it's totally appropriate for this kind of stuff. I don't personally have a problem with the narration. There's there's some kind of thing where narration, third person, you know, omnipresent narration and thought balloons are like found on nowadays. I think that's a ludicrous idea. uh, Maybe it's just because I grew up with it. Um, Mm So People think they're reading storyboards for movies nowadays. I I don't know what the thought process is, but Storyboards for movies isn't comics. Comics can do so much more. So um, uh, I'm looking at a picture now. It's called MK1 Crescent. Again, that's the, the unique, that's the, you, you know, the shape, the graphic that's unique to one guy right? in all of comics. You know, that's good shit. Um, there's one that says MK1 DET 400-ish. And MK1 DET 400 reference. It's, it's pretty clear. I don't know how far you guys go back, but it's pretty clear that young Bill Sienkiewicz is influenced by Neil Adams. Yes. Um, do you guys know who Neil Adams is?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I just, just, I, of course. I mean, insult anybody, but okay. So I just, you know, I, I, you know, while I was reading it, I was like, He's looking at Neil. I can, you know, there and, and there are probably better examples than what I gave you, but the ones that came to mind were the ones that I shared with you here. Like um, panel three on that Moon Knight page reminded me of this cover. And how could how could a young um, artist in the '70s not know who Neil Adams is? You know, what yeah. I mean? especially if you try to look at him, like panel three there, that's seen on the rooftop. It just reminded me of the, uh, the Batman thing.
5: You know, it, it's also another thing that's really great and a, another testament to, to Doug's writing as a, as, a, as a writer is that he made, essentially in this new origin that they created for Moon Knight, when they reintroduced the committee, they, they re-explained his first appearance. So in some way, they made it they made everything canon, but they also did a soft reboot because what they did was they, they made Frenchie infiltrate the committee pretending yes. to be one of them, and it was his idea. Hey, you're Hi. looking for a mercenary. I know a guy. Here. Yes. Here's a costume that I came up with that he can wear while he does his job. So it's a way that this, this story Werewolf, Werewolf by Night 32 is still canon, but now yes. it even makes more sense because yes. you get this wasn't just a random guy. This was a deliberate plan to infiltrate the committee, yes. snuff them in the inside, and they thought, hey, let's also kill a monster Well hand, but oh, I wasn't such a monster. Let's just snuff these guys and just call yes. it
4: a day. So exactly. And one of the things I liked about Marvel back in the day, they would never discount a story. You know, DC did it on a regular basis, and they call it an alternate universe, right? You're just, ah, that story didn't happen. Or that was an imaginary. But what I think is a mark of a great a great comic book person is when you're playing in a franchise field where you're reinventing X-Men or you're you're enhancing Daredevil or you're re, you're taking basically a walk-on character, you know, a, a villain of the month from Werewolf by Night, and you're giving him his own trappings you're making him the leading man what was essentially just right. a character actor um you you embrace what was done before and enhance it instead of rejecting it and and mensch did that miller did that burn claremont burn did that regularly on x-men they never discounted anything they 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 would turn and enhance right that's how you do good franchise comics you don't say, ah, he never did that. He, he was never a magical character, you know, or I was dreaming when, when, when I became that version. When I became volume seven of Moon Knight, you know, that was all just, uh, I was in the shower, you know, <laughs> and I was daydreaming. That, you don't do that. You, you take what was done and you enhance. And that's an example, what you said, Drew. Uh, for me, that's what makes Mench a great franchise player.
5: And it's also interesting when you see um, like you see the progression of Moon Knight, you know, that that Khonshu, you know, being his appointed avatar kind of drove him insane. There's definitely some parallels I saw to what um, um, Dr. Fate, how Naboo, you know, being his avatar did the same thing. All that power drove carter nelson uh hector hall whoever was dr fate kind of in crazy because it's just you know you're 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 a representative of this god but you know what's to say that they decide all right fuck this guy like i, I, I got this
4: you <laughs> That's know cool i have to read dr fate comics now it's official you know i didn't know that that i didn't know that was a, a thing in dr fate
5: cool. yeah but it just—I definitely saw some parallels there, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay, cool." So just avoid magical. Just I was like, avoid magic helmets and ancient Egyptian temples. Cool. <laughs> the mummy taught me that. So great. <laughs> so just...
4: you can see. So it kind of makes sense. Have you guys read the? Uh, you know, have you read the the many volumes of Moon Knight over the years? Because I think I ab- probably abandoned yeah. Moon Knight after Sinkevich left, which is not no, maybe I... three years after this. So I've never read really many Moon Knight comics over the years after that. I,
5: I think you're definitely gonna, well, one, I think this is what happens at any time you see a new series. There's definitely gonna be a resurgence of interest in the characters. You know, Marvel is gonna jump on that. They're gonna do all the reprintings they can, the master volumes, especially, like I said, you know, this new series, you're gonna see, um, you're seeing Mark, you're seeing uh, Steven, you're gonna see uh, Moon Knight, and then you're gonna see uh, the other personality whose name is Mister Knight. Um, all those stories are gonna probably be in mm-hmm. one big collective thing. Um, I think it's gonna be great that we're gonna see Moon Knight's um, on cons. You know, that's always nice. Um, I think I only saw one before Moon Knight was cool. And again, I just thought, wow, that must be just hell to keep clean. I was like, and it was at Comic Cons. So I was like, you took a subway, <laughs> you took a subway car, wearing all white, like you sat down. Like, why? It's a horrible idea.
4: Like, the best idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, but
4: what, now, did uh, maybe wear like a, one of those bio plastic suits or something? To yeah, right? it until you get to the show. Some build bubble suit.
0: Did you think at one point in the 80s, Reed Richards just handed out like special indestructible suits to everyone?
5: I'm pretty sure. Oh, the, the unstable molecules? Yeah, 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 exactly. Which, funny enough, it's funny you say that because technically Miguel O'Hara, Sparrow in 2099, his, um, his suit is made of stuff like that. So, in True Story, everybody got some, even in the future. it's like, oh, yeah. cool, Reed Richards, thanks, bud. Thanks for those that unstable was... molecules. Fits like a charm
4: the comics Uh, i remember reading as a kid where they wouldn't tear or whatever they would always throw that in oh reed passed me on some of the unstable molecules (laughs) (laughs) like you just cut it cut out the fabric and sew it together and you're exactly no problem
5: and and you got to admire that back in the day you know all those old superheroes they were they were hell of seamstresses you know they knew how to (laughs) you know spider-man yeah. It was like I was like, listen, I don't have Alfred to sew my shit. I gotta I gotta re-sew this all the time. That's Me, insane. I was like, Peter, if you quit the photos and the superhero game, you'd probably be a hell of a tailor. <laughs> yeah, you know. But
4: that was cool about Spider Man. There'd be stories where he'd get his suit dirty and he had to take it to the laundromat, or somebody'd <laughs> steal his mask and it was the only mask that he had, so he had to go to a costume shop and rip, you know, you know rip one, one out yeah. of a costume shop. So.
2: Yeah, I love they, that. They, kind even, of crap. they even covered that in uh, in the late, uh, um, not Homecoming, what is it? Uh, no Way Home.
4: Mm-hmm. Do they really? They yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, somebody yeah. hit him with uh, with paint and, uh, you know, it was the only suit he had. So he was trying he flipped to flip it you know. inside out.
4: There you go. Yeah. That's cool. That's Peter Parker. I mean, that's, that's what makes Spider Man unique. You know, ideally, yeah. he doesn't have access to suits of armor or unstable molecules he's just a kid trying yeah. to make make his way through through things oh.
2: especially now did you see uh no way home
4: not yet no okay.
0: you're gonna Can't love wait. it yeah Can't
4: wait Can't yeah
0: wait. i just saw it a week ago joe it was it was highly well done with the amount of spoilage that i got beforehand where i was like <laughs> oh that's gonna be a lot of stuff i don't know how they're gonna do that but yeah. afterwards i'm like wow that was really well done yeah. that's cool that's your cool. inner nerd will love it
2: it, it, it like the whole trilogy it, it treats it as like you know a single you know uh origin type of story mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, and it definitely leaves it at a point where you know there's definitely going to be more but it seems like this is the beginning of the story now even though mm-hmm. we've had you know three movies plus the two or three he's been in with the avengers so
3: yeah
5: so so i have a joe i have a question for you this is just something i've been wondering Maybe a good Thing. So you worked in comics from like the nineties. You're still kind of now. In your opinion, what was like it's like how have they things changed and got like essentially like back in the day, what was the best thing about comics? What was the the not so great? And then how has that improved or maybe gotten worse now that comics are I mean, they're so mainstream now. I mean, back in the day, you know, people look down on nerds. Now we're kind of running the show so you know so
4: i was at a boston, boston comic con before covid and people were walking by my table and saying i don't i didn't know they still made comic books really so i don't know i i don't honestly know i also hear that comics are selling better than they have mm-hmm. in decades so i hope that part that's true um I don't really have, you know, I can talk to the, you know, the techniques, you know, the the style of storytelling, you know, how things are so decompressed now, um, you know, you need a trade paperback to read a story, you know, a single issue of a comic book is not really mm-hmm. a story. And that's another thing that we can discuss about the Moon Knight issues here. So each one of those was a complete story. Yeah. And And, and cast some kind of observation about the character in each month you didn't need you know a six issue storyline to to solve a problem or to reveal something about a character and uh that's why i think these comics are freaking great because because you you can get something you know i grew up every wednesday going to a comic book store and buying a a handful or a stack of comics and reading each one and, and getting off on every one I didn't read a comic book and it just kind of ran out of pages and I had to wait a month to figure out what's, you know, what's going to happen. And I can say one thing I realized about this, and this may be a a reflection of young Bill Sienkiewicz, but let's say for instance, I wrote down actually did a page count and a panel count of these first five issues. So Mm -hmm. the issue one, issue one has 24 pages and has 144 panels. Wow! Uh, issue two has 22 pages and has 160 panels. Oh wow! Uh, issue three has 22 pages and has 144 panels. Issue four has 23 pages and has 177 panels. <laughs> wow! <laughs> that's the, that's got to be a record of some kind for pa- you know panels per page. Uh, issue 5 has 22 pages. It has 140 pages. I challenge wow. you to find a new comic book right now on the racks that's got 100 panels on in it.
0: You probably
5: can't. I don't think
4: there are any. There aren't any. And it's weird because, you know, they say that the writer is the, you know, the writer is the driving force of comics nowadays. People, fans chase the writer. The writer is writing less. It's just a fact. Bill Sienkiewicz didn't do 177 panels because he felt like drawing panels. Mm, Bill Sienkiewicz drew 177 panels because that that issue was dense with story. There was shit going on.
3: Yeah. How many
4: times have you read recent comics where you're like, okay, what happened? Nothing happened in this book. I I read that a lot. So maybe that addresses your question, you know, what happened? What what has happened to comics? I mean, that's that's one color or one angle I can share no, with you. No,
5: that, that no, that's definitely something because I I myself am a fan. Like the '90s is still one of my favorite mm-hmm. eras of, of comics because I feel like, and I we've I've talked about this with, with Leo and Rich. I feel like a lot there was a lot more risks taken. There was a lot more creative highs you know and and i think that a lot of the times i feel like stories were a bit more condensed like you could tell like fuck, what was it guys what did we read last week we read we read superman right superman yeah. all
4: seasons of all seasons, right yeah.
5: you know we read superman for all seasons jeff loeb tim sale early 2000s origin story it's four issues they're superb and you have four issues and you know that if that had been released today like it would have been like eight and like you said, there have been oh, like really? a story, but you, you would have had pages no where you're just flying around doing nothing or oh, I'm yeah. punching shit or, a, yeah, yeah. you know, just some, some nonsense talking heads. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all for good dialogue and good yeah. script and, you know, a couple of jokes here and there. But like, mm-hmm. have some direction, like move it along instead of just. 22 pages where literally it's just people talking like if i wanted that i could just call one of my friends and we can get a burger
4: i'm behind on my comics reading too but i want i read a batman comic recently where it was uh i think it was the storyline where um uh bruce and selena were going to get married and Mm -hmm. um it was a scene where they were on opposite sides of the hallway and they were greeting each other and that was a double page spread I'm like you know, that's a panel. That's one panel of a six-panel page. You know, it's a beautiful drawing. I think it was Mikhail Janin or Janine.
3: Right.
4: Was, look, the art is stellar. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but that ain't a comic book. That's an illustration, right? Well, uh, that's my opinion.
2: Know, no, and, and you're definitely spot on. You, you know, recent comics. You, you know, <clears throat> I I still have. Uh, you know, I still have a poll list that i pick uh, you know uh have every wednesday and you know just uh my local comic shop is uh sarge's comics awesome place but um you know a little plug there but um looking back at like 2021 with batman there was a storyline fear state mm-hmm. and it was 40 something issues <laughs> crossovers <laughs> for one damn storyline Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Batman, and and I've been trying to get caught up with it, and uh, I, I'm totally caught up now with the current run, but, I mean, to go from a Scarecrow storyline to a, like, Scarecrow crossover storyline mm-hmm. was, was, you know, a little little sickening in my book, you know, it was just too yeah. much.
4: Yeah,
2: 40 issues? Well, uh, okay. for, it was over 40 issues, fiercely. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: Just
2: yeah, it's, yeah that
4: but that's like a crossover, right? Like every, like he's uh, released some gas on the city, and it's all the Batman supporting cast reacting to the event. Yeah, is that it, the it, idea of 40 issues is that what it, you it,
2: it was, yeah. uh, yeah, for, one continuous storyline, uh, with all these crossovers, you know, yeah. and all. So, you cross- didn't
4: have to read 40 issues, you're just Leo Pond. Fanboy, you had to read all 40 issues, <laughs> I, right? <laughs>
2: actually, I, I skipped a lot of the issues. Of course uh, you did. Too.
4: Okay. Yeah the the, <laughs> the main I, I
2: just stuck to the main Batman run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Detective covered it. Um, but even the main Batman run, I think, was like 20 issues. It was mm-hmm. just
5: insane. It was a lot. Yeah. Just me, Leo. Even I even I got bored because a- after Joker War. You know, it was still good, but then Fierce did happen. I was like, and don't care. Yeah, you just you just get that. It was like it's it's nothing to do with the team. You're just like, I just no interest is gone. Yep,
2: and but, and I, I don't get the whole thing where Batman disappeared and Detective for like three months.
5: That's just because it's the one thing comics never address is this con this sense of continuity, like how all these events are happening in the same universe evolving the same characters and yet there's no oh hey where 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 were you like i think the only time i've ever seen them address that is when marvel uh, asked Wolverine, "Like, how are you on four teams at the same time?" <laughs> and he just looks at him as like multitasking. It's my real mutant ability. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay, Bendis, I'll give you that one. That was good.
4: You, you address it, or, or, address the illogic. Well, it's Bat Wolverine for a while. Yeah, he became the Batman of Marvel. He was in every book, right? He was yeah, in two yeah. X Men books, the Avengers. He had probably had his own series at the time, right mm-hmm. so and yep. Batman is the worst defender. Batman shows up in everybody's book at some point
3: oh yeah it, mm-hmm.
4: even if I just read a creeper uh, thing from like the 90s and it was like and Batman shows up just to say what do you you know you know what are you doing what's your what, what's your mo what's your what's your mission? Are you a good guy or a bad guy? Batman didn't have to be in this book except that batman sells <laughs> comics right yeah,
5: pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, I, I love think...
4: the creeper I, I do 24 issues of creeper tomorrow
5: oh yeah but, but, no and 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 it's but, funny because i think and rich i don't know if i had this but i i wanted to include the steve niles did a creeper he did a short story creeper origin uh it was like early 2000s is great mm-hmm. it was one of the few creeper things i own that i really enjoyed um and it was him redefining it. And it was great, and it's funny because you said that because Batman does I think show that's up. What I read.
4: It. I think you're referring. You, what you're talking about is what I read recently. Yeah,
5: yeah. it's yeah. the one where 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 he shows up, and he's like, "Are you a yeah, good guy buddy. or bad guy?" And he was like,
4: yeah. uh... good." And then it. later on, he asked him again.
5: <laughs> he's like, "Are you good or bad?" He's like, "Oh, it's definitely good." <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it was. It's great. You no, know, I, I. It's funny because you said that. I was like, "Wait a second, I've read that comic." Ha-ha.
4: Yeah. I have only read it like last week, so. <laughs> so, but, so but, Rich, so Joe, what are you doing with know, a creeper comic book within arm's reach? Um, well, I <laughs> That's read. What it, I, I want to know about about. <laughs> th-
0: I guess because I am a little messy. Because about three weeks ago, I wrote an article on on this particular issue.
4: Oh no, kidding!
0: Which was I just uh, read
4: that one recently too in a trade. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, it was DC first issue special number seven for twenty five cents.
4: Mm-hmm. classic nice stuff nice. nice stuff good for you
5: so so joe i had one more question and then i'm pretty much questioned out because i'm already getting a headache um you know you you talk about being like a fan for a while uh you know you that like you said you've been a fan of comics for years and you got to accomplish what fans dream of where you got to make your you know you got to be among the people making comics you know mm-hmm. you got to see your name on stuff you got to see your work what is it like, you know, going to a convention and you have your name on a table and people are lining up and they, they want to meet you? Like, I know myself, I've met you to sign my Spidey 2099s and I, I have them nice and, you know, the protective sleeves because once someone signs your stuff, you got to protect that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that like? How does that feel? Does that ever not get old?
4: Um, I'm, <clears throat> I've had mixed experiences, but I'll share something with you that All right, happened hold on. to me. Whoops, we lost him.
2: Yeah, I think he's having technical issues. Uh, he'll be back in a second.
4: Here he goes.
5: Every yep. time it, I if something <laughs> good happens, that happens. This is ridiculous. <clears throat> Leo, I'd like to speak do. to your technical manager when we're done.
2: Well, yeah, so, let, let, let's talk tech after this.
4: Okay. Well, go, Joe. Uh, I want to share something that happened recently regarding the Cousteau series. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I was at uh, Northeast Comic Con a couple weekends ago, and uh, a couple of families came up to see me at the table. And um, um, the, one of the kids, I forget exactly who told me what story, but one of the kids, Let's say his name is Tommy. I I I don't I know mm-hmm. their names, but I don't have the names hit with me right now, so I'm going blank. But let's say it was Tommy. Okay, Tommy came up to me and he had a copy of the first volume, which had a great white shark in it, right? There's a story about hunting, not hunting, but searching for a great white shark. Right. Okay. So Tommy was so affected by this book that he took it to class, a show and tell. He read it like five or six times. Uh, he shared it with all his friends, and he wanted to come back to the Northeast Comic Con to see me to tell me that he liked the show. But COVID hit, so I hadn't been to the Northeast Comic Con for like two or two years at least, right? Right, um, maybe longer. So two years go by. And this kid still wants to come to the Northeast Comic Con to see me to tell me how much he loved that book. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that—that's awesome. That's that's why I do things. That, that, that's because awesome. Because when I was a kid, you know, I was re- I was reading everything. It was yes, it's true that I eventually kind of congealed or concentrated on on Spider Man and Marvel stuff. But I was reading everything when I was a kid. I was reading Sad Sack, Casper. Richie Rich, Bugs Bunny, you know, DC Justice League. You know, right. I was reading everything. I soaked it all in, right? But then you when I hit certain things, like you know, the Claremont Burn X-Men or Miller's Daredevil or Stan Lee's Spider-Man, I was like, mm-hmm. ah, I gotta freaking do this. I gotta do this. I'm this this affects me so hard that I know I need to be a great comic book artist. So it's like, and I'm like, okay, my first rejection letter was when I was 10. I sent my drawings in at Marvel and I, okay, I have my life planned out. I'm going to draw Spider-Man and I'm going to make this much money. Then I'm going to buy a car. And I was 10. And then I get this rejection letter from Marvel. I'm like, I still have it. So it's like, what is this deal? What is this rejection shit? I got a lot, I got a lot going on here. I got plans. Sorry, yeah. I spent the next twenty some years or 15 years or whatever getting what I wanted. And so, uh, you know, I, I want to give that to other people. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. see a lot of comics. I can't give a kid a Batman comic book nowadays. But when I was 10, I could read Batman and, it, yeah. you know, it wasn't a problem. So the reason why I took a hiatus from new Zodiacs is because I wanted to do something for younger readers so they could hook onto it because I love comics so much that I want to, I want to spread comics. I don't care if it's manga or whatever. I want people to read comics because I was so affected by them. And you know, maybe that's, egocentric of me. I, I want you to have what I like. I don't know what that means, but, but, you know, that's, that's why I do it because I want people to get as excited about reading shit as I did. And to, so, to hear that kid, you know, he came back and he was like, great white shark. It was awesome. I love this book. I read it five <laughs> times. Dude, that's not, that's what it's all about. But I did have, you know, I do do remember uh, an experience that's just as powerful to me when I was first in the industry. I worked at a company called Valiant Mm -hmm. and um, lucky enough to get a gig writing and drawing during the peak of the speculative boom. Right. So I got a book that I co-created called Secret Weapons, sold 600,000 copies It's in the top 10 first issue. Okay, so I'm at conventions and I'm I'm a noob. I'm a new guy. And like I said, I'm I'm got this diamond hard focus. I'm drawn. I'm gonna draw Spider-Man and I'm gonna right. be the greatest writer, artist, whatever. And here I am, I'm the I'm a writer artist on my own book, right? So I'm like, I gotta get better. I wanna find out what people like and what they don't like, and I'm gonna adjust accordingly. <clears throat> so these i lines, dude, the lines. Back in the day, were you guys alive in the '90s? For I think Drew, you mentioned the '90s, right?
5: Yeah, okay. I was. I, I was alive, but I, I was not <clears throat> at cons in the '90s, and every part of me hurts.
4: Okay, the
5: people I could have met in the '90s would have oh, yeah. just been astounding. <laughs> I didn't even start going to cons like 2008, and by uh-huh. then, I mean it was still okay. It wasn't mm-hmm. now,
0: but uh-huh. I was just like, oh.
5: Look and
0: I started dipping in like the mid '90s for the cons. Okay. I love so, like New York, New York Comic
4: Con. My and band. Leo, you were in the you were in the '90s scene too.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I I was more of a dork back then. I was, uh, <laughs> going, I was going to uh, Star Trek conventions in the '90s. Oh, even better.
4: Even better.
3: <laughs>
4: so, so. Let, let, just to finish my story and we can talk about Star Trek and all night. How long do we, is this show? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <easy on. laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working at Valley and I'm writing and drawing and I've, I need feedback, man. I want to know what's going on. I got, I got to make this book the bestseller, you know, I'm not, I'm not fucking around. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this shit. Okay. So, so the lines back in the day were, is. Fantastic. I mean, you know, you'd do it. There'd be two hundred people there, and and then I, so they'd come up to me with their comic book and ask me to sign it. And back then, it was just just happy to sign it. Just and I'd say, "What did you think of the book?" You know, "Oh, whatever." You get this vague answer, and now I get the sense, you know, these guys aren't reading these books. <clears throat> and then I eventually, so I like to try to solve the problem. I would ask different questions. So it was like okay, what's the name of this guy on this cover? You know, it was Secret <laughs> Weapons, but is a team book, right? So I'd be like, what's the name of this guy? And it would be like, you know, Valiant's flagship guy, Exo, right? You remember Exo, right. Manowar? Mm-hmm. Or Solar, Man of the Atom, remember him? Mm-hmm. So they'd be on the cover, and I'd be like, you know, the discussion or the feedback would, would have uh, gotten to the point where it was like, what is the name of this guy on the cover? And his name was in the title. And they couldn't answer the question. Wow. They they were just buying the shit thinking, okay, I'm going to put this under my bed for 10 years and I'm going to make a million dollars. Right? It's a completely different experience, right? (laughs) I'm not in, you know, yes, I'd love to make a million dollars, but I'm not in the business so that you can throw my shit in a bag or in a case and then hang it on your wall. You can do that if you want, but if everybody does that, I'm just going to do all white, no art interiors and throw them in the bag and sell them to you. So you don't have to worry about putting them in a bag. Right. So I I do comics because of what Doug mentioned, Bill Sienkiewicz did. Um, If you go to, uh, if you go to this graphic MK two, great. Okay, uh, Moon Knight number two is a story of uh, of Jake Crowley's uh, or a Jake um, Lockley story, and one of his Mm -hmm. supporting cast members' name is Crowley. And Crowley's down on his luck. He's freaking homeless. Right. Right? So there's this guy, there's this serial killer who's killing hobos, right? Right. And the, the hobo is, let me see if I can find. The hobo's got an M.O. He's got a hammer and sickle and he asks uh, questions to each person before he kills them.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Right? Do you remember yep. this story? Okay. Oh, yeah. He, says, yeah. Got, he asks everybody for a light and he starts asking them questions if they lived in New Jersey 20 years ago, blah, 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 right? So here's a scene, right? Uh, um, from Moon Knight number two, that top scene, and there's Crowley in the alley. And, and the guy, there's just a guy in shadow on the hard left. He's not even in the shot. And he says, "Got a light friend. And you, just by that one line, you know who that guy is. Yeah. You know he's the killer. And Crowley right. is pretty much fucked. Right? Right. One line. That's brilliant shit, folks. That's brilliant shit. I, almost, I got chills when I saw that panel. And I've read that book probably 20 times. That's why I do comics because I want to do that. Right. That's great shit. Nice. Yeah.
2: I, I have to say this storyline was my favorite out of the five.
4: The two, number two. Yep. Yep, yeah, it might be mine too. But I have a fondness for Kanchu, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean they, they, they were
2: all great, but you know, this one here, you know, it, it's uh definitely involved more like like I loved where he was, you know. Building his relationship with with uh, the woman at the diner and and, and Crowley, yeah. you know, it was yeah. just uh, you know getting them on his team. It was it was
4: really good. Nowadays, that would be a six issue mini story arc, one hundred percent. Right, yeah. and on and top of that, on top of that, not only do you get got a light friend, but if you're paying visual attention in the first scene that we see that guy, he scares a dog away. Right.
3: Oh yeah. So in the
4: first panel here, w- there's a cat. Oh yeah.
3: What Little detailed.
4: Shit, this is brilliant shit, folks. You got to look at this stuff. This is great stuff. Well, I
5: I think that's what sometimes gets lost is that you have that that lack of attention to detail because, like you said, it's about okay, I, I gotta we gotta get this at the printer, in the publisher, in the stores, so we can make the million, or we could just you know you you, you, you don't see sometimes like there's certain artists, like I remember, what is it? Like, um, art Adams, you know, you know, he's horrible sometimes with deadlines, but that's just because he puts so much detail in his work that he can only do a mini series, but it's gorgeous. Like, you yeah. know, one of his most famous things you ever watch is, uh, is read long shot, the series yeah. that they did with Ann it, it's beautiful, you know, yeah. but then again, you know he had the ability it was a miniseries he had that ability to take that time make it work you know bill you know his his entire career has been about you know a, a, a an art style which challenges the conventional mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and like you said joe you know, like everybody makes it his or her own and and the best artists were one is like yes you had the influences from you know you could be influenced by neil adams frank miller John Byrne, any of the greats, but you got to make it your own. And and once you do, once you find that thing, you're set. Otherwise, you're just you're just uh, piggybacking off the greats instead of making your own person. So, Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. but everybody starts. Everybody usually starts by, I guess, copying what they like, right? Right. Sure. So you can see here before Sinkevich starts pushing all the boundaries, we see. I, this reminds me of like the the story I've always heard about Picasso like they I heard it might be apocryphal but I've always heard that Picasso like did a perfect masterpiece by the by the elder artists uh, of the time he did a perfect masterpiece when he was like 12 or 13 and then just went off and started doing abstract stuff. This feels to me like Sinkevich is you know, He's nineteen or twenty. He's already mastered basic comic book storytelling, and then he starts going off into crazy panel layouts, moving his style away from Neil into stuff that's more expressionistic and, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, more painterly. So this is what that's the vibe I got by reading these five issues this time. I'm so glad I did this. It was a lot of fun, actually.
5: Yeah. Well, no, it was it was it was really great. We got a. We got to do this more often, Leo, where we just we just have them read what we read and
0: they can yeah. nerd out <laughs> with us, too. Like, it's a great idea. Totally. Well, this <laughs> Joe keep coming all the time because like his passion, man, I got to say, we've done a lot of interviews with a lot of different artists and writers. And but, man, your your passion for your art and you clearly still love it like you're a teenager. Oh, and and that, that's awesome.
4: Yeah, it's great stuff. It's great, and this isn't even the best of Moon Knight, right? So it's like you go backwards, and you can go backwards to the Hatchet Man story, and there's a couple yeah. I'm stories. definitely reading that now. oh Like it,
5: you, it, you, you um, like honestly, I feel like Joe. If we if we end up reviewing that later, you're coming back because oh, yeah,
4: and love you'll to you we'll have
5: you that. lead. We'll we'll have a rare thing. We'll have you lead that one.
0: <laughs> we'll just you know I'll just listen. Just listen like this.
4: And, mm-hmm. and then it gets even better uh, around issue 28, 29, Werewolf by Night comes back, and Sienkiewicz. Have you guys read those? No. Ritz, no. You, pro- you might remember this. So it's an all-black cover, and you see uh, the werewolf's eyes and teeth, and there's, he's drooling. I think he might be drooling blood on a crescent dart. It's a symbolic black cover. Oh, well, I Leo, I think we it. got our
5: Halloween – story name, really. this year ready so, yeah. hatchet man
4: cabbage like reinvents you know redesigns werewolf by night and it's that's that's another high that's another high point in the moon Knight stuff but none of this is you know moon nights a psycho crazy guy no this is none of you know none of the stuff that that i read or that i connected to is Feels like what he's like today, so I'm interested in reading, you know, what's going on today as well.
5: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, what um, issue was that? I want to
4: say 28, some 28, 29, something like that. There's a two parter, it's a black cover, it might be okay. 26. Definitely, definitely add it to the list. Oh, uh, 29. It's 29 and 30 is the where uh, the werewolf by night storyline and then there's another one 31 where he goes back to Egypt and uh, encounters yep. has a conshu encounter, Kong Kong encounter. Kong. great stuff great
5: yeah wow that, that is super that cool, cool. <laughs> oh that yeah I totally
4: remember that cover
5: look at that that is that is, that that, that
4: that's probably uh-huh. one of my favorite comics of all time that's in my top 100 of all time probably really? that one yeah oh, looking that one up tonight and that's Sinkevich at his before peak. he gets like, abstract oh, wow. this is this wow. was yeah. him at his peak look at that at, at his i guess normal normal art peak before he starts leo save
5: it for the review
4: okay 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 okay
5: i'll stop
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah we still haven't talked about issues one through five <laughs> yeah man so do you, but, do you um do you guys um you guys read them all right do you have a favorite but like, you have like a ranking of the five how did you like one uh I like mine is right in order i like the first one best the second one second best i, I like them in that order
5: i we normally what we do is um we, we just kind of uh we just grade them on a scale of one to five mm-hmm. in terms of like as a collective story but i do agree it's a little hard because um like six. you said these this wasn't really more of a storyline it was like five individual stories just collected together so it's kind of a little different i mean uh what is it what is it one to f- <laughs> it's that we normally do one to five crowbars um I guess, what is it, one to five crescent darts? There you go.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Or trenchions. Right? Yeah, trenchions. All right, well, I'll start then.
5: I definitely, these, this is honestly the best thing I could recommend for anybody who really wants to get to know the character. I feel like this is a nice, solid introduction. You get an idea of who he is, and you can really go. If you read these five, you can go anywhere in any Moon Knight series and you have enough of the basics to build upon. Like mm-hmm. this is the fundamental foundation mm-hmm. for any understanding of the characters. So honestly, mm-hmm. story wise, art, uh, everything, I'm just going to give it 4.5. This is pretty solid. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to give it 4.5. It's definitely one of the best. I What is it? Leo, is this Silver Age? This is it Silver Age, right? This is it the 80s? Right. This is, yeah, this is definitely one of the best silver age comics I've read recently. And like this honestly, like bron- I said, no
4: bronze, bronze age is yeah, 19. Years. Bronze,
5: silverish. You know, this is definitely one of the best that I've read. And um I'm sure because people will ask what we think. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna be like. Okay, read this, then tell me what you think. Okay, go away. <laughs> so four point five for me. Awesome.
2: Uh Velvet Joker.
0: Um, in the rare occasion, Drew and I totally uh, agree on our rating this week. Oh, my God. With the four and a half. It must be the moon. (laughs) Yeah, the moon. (laughs) It's Kanchu. Kanchu speaking through us both. All right. right. So what
5: I'm hearing is he's decided today is the day for vengeance. I'll get my mask.
2: Uh, I'm going to give this a solid four myself. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely I'm interested in reading more. I'm definitely going to read uh, twenty nine that you uh, you brought up there, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm even more excited now for tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. And, <laughs> what's uh, tom-
4: what's happening tomorrow? Wait, what's happening?
0: Moonlight, oh, well, moon night is the oh, oh, will be oh, here
4: tomorrow. TV show comes. Oh, it starts tomorrow. Oh, for some right. reason I thought it already was on. Okay. Nope.
0: That was the reason we chose it this week. Yeah. Oh,
2: very and, cool. And the man of the hour, Joe, uh, What uh, out of uh, Crescent, uh, wouldn't be Crowbar's Crescent Well, uh, crescent five dirt.
4: is like the peak. Five is the best. Yeah. Set. Yep. Right. Okay. So I've seen fives and these aren't fives. These are, this is probably as a group, uh, as a group, it's probably four, four, but I mean, this is solid stuff. Yeah. And like I said, you know, Sienkiewicz is going to explode and Sienkiewicz is probably in my top easy top 10 favorite comic Mm -hmm. book artists or illustrator he's also an illustrator too so I mean Sienkiewicz has so many levels so this is him beginning and he hasn't they and as a team comics are a team so it's like he hasn't found the right anchor yet even the lettering for me I had trouble with some of the lettering <clears throat> so, okay, solid four. But like you said, as far as the stories go, this is a foundation. This is, you know, the first three issues focus on the personalities, you know, the, the different identities. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I would call them identities. And um, at, at this point in Moon Knight's history, there, there's a each each identity has its own supporting cast. So this is a great I agree with Drew. It's a great place to start reading Moon Knight. Even better than the stories that I'm mentioning, you know, um, that I They're feel are better, stronger. Fun. That this is a better starting point, you know. Cool. Awesome. Good uh, well,
2: I know we ran a little bit late, and Joe. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, always, always happens. Look, all I right? can
4: do this. All, I can <laughs> do this all day long. Well, it's well, embarrassing. You, you,
5: no no not at all we have no it's embarrassing we've done three hour long interviews my dude like cool like we can talk and we can listen equally so (laughs) trust me like if we we could do like a snyder cut of this interview okay and people would still be like that was entertaining as hell i'm like i know (laughs) right
4: cool
5: so trust me do not worry about that you did great chief
2: sweet and uh, you know we definitely uh, would love to have you back when your Kickstarter is up.
4: Oh, so, thank you. That'd be cool. Yeah.
2: yeah so uh, let us know when that's uh, good to go, and we'll bring you back and uh, thank push you. the hell out of it. And uh, you know, it's, cool. Uh, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to dig out my uh, my copy of Zodiac that I
5: got from you. So it's uh, yeah.
4: Hopefully nice. that hopefully those will be worth money. Now those are like prototype. Yeah. Put, that's I'll, what I, I call, them
5: on your bed ten years. Be more worth money. Yeah.
4: yeah
2: right. My problem it's, is it's, I I. You know, I collect everything, and I don't sell anything. So, uh, no, <laughs> a I, nerdy hoarder. I know that there is one issue that I stumbled upon that I didn't even know I had. That I, I, that I'll sell is. Uh, I I found out I have the um uh the first appearance of Doom Patrol.
4: Oh, cool! Nice. My greatest adventure.
2: It was cool. uh, uh, what was it? It was um, I forgot what it was.
4: My greatest adventure. 86. My greatest adventure.
5: There you go. You yeah. said twice, oh. Leo. <laughs> it's
4: late. My, I'm sorry. <laughs> <my greatest.
0: laughs> uh, so uh
2: we'll we'll kick it off with uh Joe. Where do you like people interacting with you on the socials?
4: Uh you could go to uh I suppose, or I have a new um uh, uh, I have a new revamped website. It's called, um, it's my uh, commercial art um, and uh, IP design website. It's called popartsproperties.com. And that one's uh, freshly, newly designed. So you okay. can try that. Or go okay. to joest.pierre.com. There's a link there too. Awesome. And there's a link to my social media on both sites.
2: Oh, And I got a bunch of information to show notes up above and down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, Drew,
5: hello. My name is Drew. (laughs) When you don't see me on the Dorkening, you can find me on social media. (laughs) I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am doing a lot of things for Screen Rant that thoroughly exhaust whatever is left of my feeble mind. I do things here. I am there. I'm everywhere, I'm nowhere at all <laughs> Somehow You'll hear about this more Because I'm sure someone in this show Will spill all of my social medias But leave a message after the beep I'm tired
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Velva Jogar. Good evening, good evening Well as you all well know You can catch me here every Tuesday On the award winning podcast Splash Pages of Comic Book Club <laughs> Whoop whoop, whoop, whoop. And uh let's see uh Drew and I are actually casting something that we're going to be announcing at some point but I don't All know. right, share it. And um what else? What else is going on? I don't know, just catch me on the socials, you know, where you can find me Velvet Joker 2021, Ghostbuster Man 1984. Son of a bitch. You know yeah. how we do. Was that
2: Ghostbuster Man 1984? You're yeah, both yeah, you're both That's horrible the people.
0: One where you should Complain the most to Ghostbuster Man, nineteen eighty
4: four. Oh, okay, Ghostbuster okay. Man.
0: That be that's my Instagram, Joe. They
4: do oh, this okay. every show. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's my Instagram, everybody. And if you do complain, I will definitely get. I will give you my address. You know where you can send all of your hate mail. <laughs> if it's oh, but if it's
4: is you it's, in a tux, dude. You didn't dress like that for me. <laughs> up with that?
0: look at that checked you out right oh away. god
4: i want to see oh. this look next time
0: <laughs> nice uh, oh that, i think that's the first time one of our guests
5: has looked at- <laughs> oh, dear god that was my new year's <laughs> uh, and,
2: and if you want to see that picture yourself just look up ghostbusters oh on- hey look oh, You,
0: just got <laughs> followed, didn't you hey look i have this new follower
5: Nice,
4: R- Rich. What was your uh, what was your Instagram?
0: Velvet Joker 2021.
4: Oh, Of course, Velvet it has to be Velvet Joker, doesn't it? Oh, that made my day. That was good. I'm up. Nice. Yeah, I was watching some of your past episodes, and you had green hair. I was like, "What's up with no green hair today?" That's great. It's
0: green. It's sort of bluish green. Got a little aquamarine. Oh, I need to okay. touch up.
4: And Leo, I'm pretty sure I follow Leo already. You're, are you the dorkening, Leo? Uh, i'm the
2: dorkening and, and we i also, also leo. leo pond yeah oh i don't have okay
0: yeah. and, so, and um, we want to thank you joe for your time tonight You're, you've been awesome we really, really seriously it. Been.
4: Cool. thank you appreciate it it was a blast moon night's uh, the best
2: uh, well we we had a blast as well joe and uh you know for me just google leo pond you find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not i'm not going to say totally time. true that's the
4: uh, best line. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, there's about 40 shows on the network. There's a ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff. Uh, always something awesome going on. So head on over to thedorkening.com, where you can find all the shows there. And uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys later.
4: You Deuces. See you later. Oh, it's not-